UAB MedCast is an ongoing medical education podcast. The UAB Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please visit uabmedicine.org medcast and complete the episode's post-test. Welcome to UAB MedCast, a continuing education podcast for medical professionals, bringing knowledge to your world. Here's Melanie Cole. Mindfulness practices have been shown to result in multiple benefits, including stress reduction and increased well-being. Welcome to UAB MedCast. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing promoting well-being by practicing mindfulness in everyday life. Joining me is Dr. Michael Wiederman. He's the Director of Leadership and Professional Development in Family and Community Medicine at UAB Medicine. Dr. Wiederman, it's a pleasure to have you join us again today. We're all feeling a lot of stress right now, and many of us feel it from time to time. How do we know if the stress that we are feeling is taking a toll on our psychological or our physiological self? Yeah, well, I think the uh, sort of obvious uh, signs are feeling fatigued and, you know, getting to the end of the day and feeling spent in in a negative way. I mean, sometimes we're feeling spent in a positive way that we really were invested and, and had a great day. But, you know, if we feel like we're chronically uh, fatigued and run down and distracted and we get to the end of the day and it feels like it's been a whirlwind and we can't really remember much other than, than the fact that it was not a good day, then to me, that's a sign that uh, something needs to change. What a great point. So then let's talk about the concept of mindfulness. For other providers right now, this is an extreme, unprecedented time of stress. Dr. Wiederman, what role does mindfulness play? What questions can we ask ourselves? And how aware are we? of our own behavior and what drives them. Yeah, I think um, what we sometimes forget is that the anxiety technically isn't being caused by, or the stress isn't being caused by what's happening outside of us. It's by uh, caused by what we're thinking and how we're perceiving what's happening outside of us. And so, you know, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, it's technically because how I'm interpreting and trying to deal with the things that are happening. And so I think why mindfulness really works uh, or helps reduce stress is because it keeps us focused on one thing at a time rather than our minds sort of swirling and, and thinking about all the things that we need to be doing or the things that could go wrong. And so by sort of having more of a laser focus, we can actually do what we need to do and not get caught up in the swirl that creates anxiety and stress. So that is great to say, and maybe not as easy to do. So before you give us some tips on how to do that, what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation, which we've heard about for oh so many years? I think about mindfulness as the um, the end result or the the product of meditation. Uh, so if you think about meditation, to me, it, it means setting aside some time to sort of focus on one thing and sort of clear my mind. And so typically people focus on their breathing because it gives them something very concrete. Um, and so therefore, I'm in a sense practicing mindfulness. And so to me, that is it's like going to the gym and saying I'm, I'm working those muscles because they're going to be useful to me outside of the gym. So for me, meditation is sort of setting aside that time. But that part of, of sort of doing it has never really appealed to to me. So I've tried to develop practicing mindfulness in everyday life as opposed to setting aside specific times per se. Hmm. That's definitely so interesting. So then Dr. Wiederman, you've probably heard misconceptions and myths when people hear that term mindfulness. For providers that are listening now that maybe want to practice this, they want to be able to 
sort things out so they can get on with their jobs and do really what they need to do right now? What are some of the myths that might be going through their minds? There's the myth that we are, as humans, are able to effectively multitask. Uh, and, you know, by multitask, if we mean um, simultaneously think about different things at the same time, I mean, that that has been shown to, to not be possible. What we typically do when we think we're multitasking is switch our, our attention, our focus, our thoughts very quickly between things. And that not only is very uh, stressful and exhausting, um, but has been shown to be less effective because, again, you're sort of, you know, being distracted or dropping the ball when you're looking over here. The balls dropping over there. And so um, that idea that somehow being efficient means trying to multitask or juggle a million things. That's certainly one uh, big misconception, I think. So then can we learn to pay attention in different, healthier ways? Can we learn to focus? Can mindfulness help us to not be distracted and multitask? The metaphor that I find so useful is to think about our attention as a spotlight. And whatever I'm focusing my spotlight on is where my attention is. And of course, I can make it a little bit broader or definitely more narrow, but I only have one spotlight. And so that's why it's impossible to technically multitask, because if my spotlight is focused to the left, that and obviously to the right is, you know, I'm not focused. And so we switch our, our spotlight back and forth very quickly. And sometimes we need to. Uh, but I think we probably, at least I'll speak for myself, have a flabby muscle when it comes to what is controlling that spotlight. And so I think mindfulness practice for me is anything that increases the strength of that muscle so that when I do want to focus just naturally, it's going to come easier because that muscle has been strengthened. I don't need to think about it anymore. And so that's why I think the, um, the analogy of meditation practice being like going to the gym is so apt because, again, it's just setting aside time to be very conscious of practicing and building that muscle so that when I do need to focus on my activities, it's just it's easier because that muscle is stronger. So then tell us how to do that. How can we practice mindfulness? How can we, when we wake up in the morning, starting from the morning till we go to bed at night, what are some things that we can do that can help us to stop, take a breath, look around, focus on what we're doing? Tell us how to do it. Yeah, so when I stumbled into this uh, probably 15 years ago, I had read a little um, activity where it said, you know, just start with brushing your teeth because there's something we do twice a day, only lasts for a few minutes, and, you know, it'll be a, a thing that reminds you to practice mindfulness. So uh, I remember thinking, okay, well, I'm going to put, the, I'm just going to pay attention to what I'm doing. I'm not going to have any thoughts about what I'm doing. I'm not going to make any judgments. I'm just going to pay attention. So I put the toothpaste on the toothbrush, and lo and behold, in one or two seconds, I'm having a thought, like, okay, when I get to work, I need to, do, and then it's like, nope, stop let that go, come back to just paying attention to what I'm doing. And then it lasts about two seconds before I think, well, this is stupid. Well, that's a thought, right? And that's a judgment. So I found it was like, wow, so shocking to me that I couldn't even go a couple of seconds of just paying attention to what I'm doing without having some intruding thought or extraneous thought. So every time I would bring my attention back to simply say, let it go, focus on just paying attention to what I'm doing, then that is like doing a repetition of a bicep curl or a leg press, right? We're building that muscle. And so over time, you're just simply getting better at be better and better at bringing that spotlight back to what you want to focus it on. And then you start to notice that that period between distractions, if you will, or thoughts or judgments um, starts to be extended. And so now it's easier for me after 15 years uh, to sort of pay attention to um, to what I'm doing, because again, I've just been you know, practicing that, building that muscle. That's so interesting, Dr. Wiederman, and, and usually we wait to feel better before we do things when, you know, when we're not feeling great, 
or we're not being able to pay attention. We kind of say, oh, well, when I'm feeling better, I'll do this. What can motivate us to do it right now? Can can the relationship between what we're feeling, our behaviors, can they go back and forth? How can we put them into the center and say, okay, this is what I need to take charge of right now because this is what I'm involved in? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head that um, if we can remind ourselves, especially when we're feeling that, you know, anxiety or stress or that physiological response that is the, you know, fight or flight response, that if we can say, wait a minute, um, I just, I, you know, I'm focused on this uh, patient right now, or I'm focused on this task at work right now. And thinking about these other things isn't helping because I can't get to those other things yet. And if anything, it's just distracting me from the present and it's making me anxious. And so that was the motivation for me to say, um, when I'm finding myself feeling that way, that's the time to really practice just focusing on what's going on. Now, sometimes I would find that I might think, but I need to to remember, you know, X, Y, and Z, because if I don't, then that, so then I would write that down on a little slip of paper and keep that off to the side or keep it in my pocket. And I would remind myself, I, that's not going to go anywhere. Um, I don't need to think about it right now. I can't get to it anyway. So for me, that's sort of the anchor to bring it back is when I'm feeling stressed, then it's probably because I'm trying to swirl, you know, many different things in my head at once. And that's, um, again, not helpful and also not productive. Well, it's definitely not. And if we practice mindfulness, can changing the way that we think translate into an improvement in our behavior, in our feelings, even in our physical self? Can can this help us to really change the way that we respond to stress on a daily basis? Absolutely. So there's, uh, you know, lots of good research, uh, particularly around meditation, because, you know, that is something that people can sort of document that you practiced, you know, if we randomly assign you to a meditation group. Uh, But again, I think just practicing in daily life. um, So practicing mindfulness in whatever form that we do that has been shown in research to relate to improved concentration and memory, which makes good sense because we're focusing our our spotlight on something intentional. So we're going to be more likely to remember it and concentrate in the moment, Uh, but also related to um, decrease stress response. And I think for the reasons we've been alluding to, that if I'm focused on what's going on right now, I'm not whipping myself into an anxious or stressful frenzy uh, by thinking about these other things or worrying about these other things. And then I was shocked when I delved into the literature to learn that practicing mindfulness is also related to improved interpersonal relationships. And then the more I thought about that, um, I guess it makes sense because that means I think that we're more present with the people that we interact with and how can that not improve relationships um, to be less distracted and more in the moment. That makes perfect sense. Can you recommend any good mindfulness apps? Most of the mindfulness apps actually guide you through guided meditation. And so in that sense, it gives you something to focus on. So I was saying earlier that if you don't have something, somebody guiding you, then you just sit and you maybe focus on your breathing or you focus on whatever. So um, there are lots of good free ones out there. I like Insight Timer um, as one, um, but there's Calm. And of course, Headspace has a free version as well, as well as a premium version. But um, all of those offer different sort of uh, guided meditations. And what I like is that sometimes you can pick one that's just say I have two minutes. So you pick a two minute one or, you know, three minute, they can be very brief. And so anything that brings our attention to the moment and gives us a chance to practice a few of those reps. It is absolutely great advice and imperative at this time for other healthcare workers. Dr. Wiederman, wrap it up for us. By using mindfulness to help us with all of the stress of today's living, What would you like other providers to know about utilizing what we've discussed here today to help in their own practice, to help in their own lives, whether it's personal 
or professional and how it can help us to be the best person we can, do the best job, and also be present and really mindful. Yeah, I would say um, a couple of things. One is to realize that the research shows it doesn't take much practice to start seeing benefits. So um, regardless of what skepticism you might have or say, I don't have a lot of time, uh, to try something and just to see for yourself uh, the benefits even in the moment, but certainly spillover benefits fits afterwards. And to remember that it doesn't just like, you know, getting a little bit of physical exercise, some is better than none. And so setting aside time saying between when I'm walking between buildings, I'm going to practice my mindfulness or when I'm brushing my teeth and just set aside those little times to begin with, uh, or when I'm talking to my spouse or my kids or whatever, and just create a few different sort of if then or when this happens, I'm going to practice mindfulness um, as a starting spot and realize that like any skill, especially building a muscle um, practice, you know, makes it easier. And so it's most difficult at the beginning so start small and then recognize that um, you will start to see the benefits but also it will get easier with practice well it absolutely does thank you so much dr wiederman for joining us today a community physician can refer a patient to uab medicine by calling the mist line at 1-800-UAB-MIST that concludes this episode of UAB MedCast. To refer your patients or for more information on resources available at UAB Medicine, please visit our website at uabmedicine.org physician. Please also remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other UAB Medicine podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.